Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Unfair. It's your favorite solo host, Jimmy. You could have been doing anything else in the world, but you chose to listen to us, and we appreciate that. It's solo weekend, so I will take the wheel myself to navigate you through the sports landscape of the hottest topics, late-breaking news, things that make no sense, and a few things that might surprise you. And as always, you can catch us on WMQG Radio throughout the week. My solo weekend episode is sponsored by Clutch Culture. In life, there are moments when you are needed the most, and Clutch Culture is aspiring to bring you just that. With hats and t-shirts available to remind folks who's clutch and who isn't, you can bring that culture into your lifestyle by checking out their website, www.clutch-culture.com. So I've got your frozen five picks for the week for week 14, fresh off of a four-in-one week, thanks to my co-host Jay. Uh, so I look to keep us on the winning train. I have some picks that I feel really good about. A lot of strange lines this week, but we'll get into that later. But I want to make three points before I get to that. Point number one. I'm sorry, Steelers fans. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Big Ben is not going to retire. No matter how bad we all want that, no matter how bad we all think that that is best for him, he is not going to retire. And the reason why is because of exactly what we saw in that Thursday night game to the Vikings where they lost was at 36-28. to 28. Because in the first half of that game, we saw the Big Ben that we don't ever want to see anymore in the version of the Pittsburgh Steelers that we don't want to see. And that's where they look like dog crap. They were terrible. They were horrible. Big Ben in that first half looked like he had never played football before. Now, scratch that. He looked like he was so old he had forgotten that he used to play football, therefore forgot how to play football, and looked absolutely horrible. I believe they were down 23-0 to in that first half, and it looked like they were on their way to a 46-0 to victory. They were dog crap. And then in that second half, Big Ben was spectacular. Big Ben was Super Bowl Big Ben. He was clutch. He looked 25 instead of 95. I mean, the throw that he made at the end of the game where if Friar Muth would have caught that in the end zone, they would have been uh, had a chance to get the two-point conversion and win the game. That's one of the best throws I've seen all season. I mean, you talk about a small window that even a four-year-old couldn't fit through. He fit that perfectly in between three defenders. Frymuth had his hands on it and just got hit at the wrong time. I think it was Harrison Smith, their best safety, that hit him and just couldn't hang on to it. But that was a spectacular throw. In that second half, he went from he went from that first half looking like easy prey to looking like the hunter in the second half. And it's that second half and what we saw there that reminds Steelers management and the Rooney family of who Big Ben can be, of who Big Ben used to be. 
And because they see that in the second half, they're going to believe that that's who Big Ben can still be. Hell, Big Ben himself still believes that he's that second-half quarterback instead of that first-half quarterback. So for that reason, regardless of how he looks the rest of this season, he is not going to retire after this season, no matter what the rumors say, no matter if Mike Tomlin is noncommittal as to whether or not he thinks he will be back. Big Ben, as long as he can still have second halves like that, will always want to come back because then he'll just think, if I can figure out a way to look like in the first half how I did in the second half, then I can still be that guy. I can still be that big-time quarterback, especially if you have quarterbacks like Drew Brees playing to he's 40, Aaron Rodgers is going to play into his 40s, and obviously the GOAT, Tom Brady, is 44, looking to play past 45, which was his original goal. So as long as quarterbacks are doing that, as long as you have coaches coaching longer than we're used to seeing them coach, then Big Ben is going to be back. Point number two. Why does everybody want Portland to trade Damian Lillard? It seemed like every sports radio show that I turned on that touched on this topic about Damian Lillard and what's going on with the Portland Trailblazers organization and the the turmoil and just how he's played this season and all the offseason rumors before the season started, they all want them to trade Dame. They all have these elaborate, fantastic, salary cap-friendly scenarios that they think Portland should follow in trading Damian Lillard. But see, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. And this is why I'm shorting everybody who's trying to tell me that Portland should trade Damian Lillard. First and foremost, he's a star. We know he's not a superstar, but he is a star in a small market Portland team. And there are very few of those that actually want to be loyal to that soil. There are very few Russell Westbrooks who were willing to finish their entire career in Oklahoma City before Oklahoma City tried to help him out. And there are very few Kevin Garnett's who wanted to stay loyal to that Minnesota soil and you know the organization for the better of his career because they loved him so much, gave him the opportunity to go to Boston, win a championship, and that's what he did. So it's very seldom that, especially in this age of NBA player mobility, that you see a star in a small market actually willing to stay, going on record to the media time and time again, like he said this week, and saying, I'm not asking for a trade. How many times, how many ways do I have to say it? So if you're Portland, look at your history. Portland, we know, has a history of screwing up in the draft, going back years. Let's go back to 1984, where the number one pick, Houston Rockets, chose Akeem Olajuwon, Hall of Famer, Love Akeem, and then Portland was sitting there at number two. And they chose Sam Bowie. For those of you who don't know, who went number three right after that? Michael Jordan. All right. So let's say, okay, bad luck, bad scouting. We made a huge mistake. Obviously, MJ is believed by probably 75% of basketball fans to be the greatest of all time. We missed out on him. Okay, let's not let that happen again. 2007 rolls around. 2007 draft. They have the number one pick. The pick of any college player that they want. They take Greg Oden out of Ohio State, the all-world center out of Ohio State. And who went second after him? In case you didn't know, Kevin Durant. I mean, there's the greatest offensive skill set we have ever seen is within Kevin Durant. We are still seeing that to this day. He could have been in the Portland Trailblazers uniform. So you finally get it right. 2012 rolls around, five years after the Kevin Durant debacle in the draft. You have the number six pick, and you take Damian Lillard out of Little Weber State who turns into, as we find out this year, a top 75 player of all time. 
So you finally get it right. You finally don't make a mistake after all these years in the draft. Why do you all want them to trade a top 75 player? I don't understand the logic in that when there are other moves that can be made. So on this Portland roster, and I know that they're having problems with Chauncey Billups. I know that they just fired Neil O'Shea, who was the GM because of the workplace culture. And I know that you have all these rumors going on around day, around uh, Damian Lillard. But I think you have to keep Dame. Everyone else on the roster is fair game. And you do what you can, what any other GM or organization is expected to do in order to try to rebuild their roster around their best player who – contrary to what a lot of stars want to do in today's game, actually wants to stay there in your city, in your market, and become the cornerstone of that franchise, continuing to be that cornerstone for the next five to seven to ten years. So I say don't listen to everybody else, Portland. Keep Dane, and then everybody else, figure out what you can do with them. Lastly, you know, I was prepared to come on to the show today and absolutely crush Mike McCarthy because it's so easy and it's so fun. And everybody else seems to have fun doing it, so I thought I might do it too. Because this week he made the one mistake that I feel coaches – I mean, if a player does this, okay, it's one thing, but a coach is supposed to be above doing this. They're supposed to be, I guess, more temperamental, more level-headed, more even-tempered to not say what he said. Well, on Thursday, and he's you know fresh off of – a. Uh, being off the COVID protocols, I'm glad he made it back. He seems to be doing all right. He made a prediction. Actually, nay, not a prediction. He made a, um, I don't even know what you would call it, a declaration that the Dallas Cowboys, quote, unquote, we are going to win this game. I am confident in that. Now, I was going to crush him because obviously, as you're facing a team that's won four in a row in their city with that raucous fan base that they're going to have there on Sunday, the last thing you want to do is give them extra bulletin board material and that is exactly what Mike McCarthy did so then I wondered to myself why would he do that for all the things that he's bungled this year as far as four-time management and that's kind of been a staple of his coaching tenure and how he's getting less and less credit for the Super Bowl that he did win more and more of his credit is going to Aaron Rodgers and even going back to when he was in San Francisco this is where I know him from he was not a very good offensive coordinator in my opinion how he got the Packers job I have no idea I guess networking, relationships, naked pictures of the owner, whatever it is, he found his way to that job. So I've never been a big Mike McCarthy fan. And I was talking to my barber about this earlier today. And we looked at that Dallas defense. Um, I don't know how we got around to this, but I ended up looking up um, the injury report for Dallas. And what I find is that obviously having gotten Tank Lawrence back and they had him for that Thursday night game uh, against the Saints their last game, they're getting Randy Gregory back, who had been one of the most disruptive defensive ends we have seen in football so there was a tweet laying out what Dallas's defensive roster starting roster should look like in their game tomorrow against the Washington football team and it includes those two Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence coming off the edge uh, Neville Gallimore Gallimore out of Oklahoma who is um, you know starting to emerge as a rookie defensive tackle Obviously, Micah Parsons, who looks like a future Hall of Famer. Leighton Van Der Esch, who's been good and been healthy. And obviously, Trayvon Diggs, who's up for Defensive Player of the Year. And those other guys in the secondary who are also playing good off of him. And this has become one of the best defenses in Dallas. So it all made sense at that point. that Mike McCarthy knew he was getting Randy Gregory back and that his defense and, to, to by and large, his offense is as healthiest as they've been. I do have this game. In my Frozen Five, I'll get to that later. But now it makes sense why he was confident enough to say something a coach should never say, which is guaranteeing a victory against the team they are getting ready to play. 
And obviously Ron Rivera, the coach of the Washington football team, was asked about this. He said it was a mistake. So obviously you know Ron Rivera. I mean, they're already ready to run through a wall for Ron Rivera anyway. But even more so now that they have Dallas basically saying they're going to come in, take this victory, and leave, and you can't do anything about it. And Mike McCarthy is the one saying it. So they're going to be extra motivated. But I get where that motivation impulsively came from. Even though it's still a mistake, he shouldn't have said it. This Dallas defense getting Randy Gregory back off of a performance where they look like probably the best that they have ever been. They look like the best defense in football against New Orleans, which with Taysom Hill as a quarterback, uh, that may not be that difficult to do. But either way, Mike McCarthy, I'm letting you off the hook. I understand perfectly where that confidence came from. All right, we do this every week. Frozen 5 NFL picks fresh off of our best week of the season, 4-1, and one, courtesy of my boy Jay who was able to get us back on the winning track. So I look forward to getting us um, you know, getting us another ticket on the winning train and staying on that track. Um, before I get into that, the OSG report, the the, fan, the best fantasy advice you're probably going to find on the, um, on the Internet in sports, honestly, and you're getting it for free on our Medium page. That's where all of our written content is, as well as the, uh, the video that he and Jay do. They do a show every Wednesday, every Thursday or so, should be out on our YouTube page so you can see the video, see the OSG, and get all of his fantasy research stats and analysis that way to set your daily and season-long fantasy lineups ahead of the games tomorrow on Sunday, so be sure and check that out. But outside of that, got some picks that I feel really good about. This was There were some very weird lines this week. I had to give it a little more, a little more preparation than I normally do. But whatever I got to do to keep us on the winning track, that's what we're going to do. So this is this week's Frozen Five for the NFL Week 14. Up first, Ravens at the Browns. The Browns are a minus two and a half point favorite. And I'm going to take the Browns minus the two and a half because I'm going to take the healthier team, Browns, off of a bye against the more beat-up team, Ravens, who literally have no corners left, as their own coach said after their last game. And Cleveland is technically in a more desperate spot. They're at the bottom of their division there with the Ravens. They're 6-6. Six and six. They need this victory badly to keep pace. The Ravens are still 8-4, so even if they lose, they're still in a good position to make the playoff. The first round bye, probably out of the picture with the way that the Chiefs and the Patriots are playing. But either way, Lamar Jackson, part of the reason why the, the Ravens are sliding, Lamar Jackson has not been good. I don't know if he's not been himself or if teams have figured him out because he has eight interceptions in the last four games, and that is not going to cut it, especially going into a game on the road where you're going to have Miles Garrett chasing you all four quarters. So I love this Browns team at home. Uh, getting less than a field goal to cover. If it was a little more than that, I probably would lay off this game, but I love the number. So I'm going to take the Browns to win this. They're going to pull away with a field goal in the fourth quarter and win it 24-17, to covering the two and a half. Up next, Panthers at the – sorry, the Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers are minus two and a half point favorite, and yet again I'm going to take the Panthers minus that two and a half. The Panthers also, like the Browns, coming off of a bye week. See a theme there? That gives Cam Newton, gave Cam Newton an extra week to learn the playbook. And, um, yes, they lost C-Mac. We don't like that. But Chuba Hubbard, the rookie out of Oklahoma State, 
has been good. He's he allows them to he allows the offense to continue to function the way that it normally would as far as incorporating the running back in the pass game like they would with C-Mac. So you really don't miss a beat there. And they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. They let Joe Brady go. So this offense is going to look different in certain ways, and there's no tape on how this offense is going to look different. So that plays to the Panthers' advantage. And these two teams, you know, being in the same division, they did play in Week 8 in Atlanta, and Carolina won that game, I believe, by a score of 19-13, and Matt Ryan was dog crap in that game, 140. 46 yards, two interceptions. He did nothing, and I see no reason why he would do anything here on the road, uh, especially since in the last four, that Atlanta team is one and four versus the spread. So this is going to be an ugly game. You're not going to want to watch this on television, and most of us won't be able to, so you don't have to worry about that. But I think Carolina wins this game comfortably at home, 23-12, to 12, easily covering the two and a half. Up next, Raiders at the Chiefs. Chiefs are a minus nine and a half point favorite. And I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover this spread. They're on a five-game winning streak. We know that. They've covered three straight. You might know that. The Raiders are one and three versus the spread in the last four. You probably don't know that. And Kansas City, this defense, oh, my goodness, outside of Dallas and maybe the Patriots defense, fantastic football. They're giving up nine points a game in their last four. The Raiders giving up 28. And this Raiders offense, part of what's causing them to stumble, especially on offense, is their hobble. They're going to be without Darren Waller. They're a fantastic tight end yet again with an injury. You lose Kenyon Drake, which most people don't think this is big, but he takes carries away from Josh Jacobs, helps him to stay fresh, and he gets goal line work. So he lost, um, he's lost for the season, I believe, with a broken ankle, so they're not going to have him. And they're going to be without their best linebacker tackling machine, Denzel Perryman, who's not going to play in this game as well. So in Arrowhead, which is where this game is going to be played, this is one of the toughest places to play. And you do not want to come into this game having been already beaten by this Kansas City team 41-14 to without your best offensive player. So I'm going to take the healthier team. They need this win badly to maintain ground, to stay um, with the Patriots for that number one seed in the AFC, which there's only one of them per conference, so it's invaluable. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this game 30-16, uh, to pulling away in the fourth quarter and covering that 9.5. Bills at the Bucks. The Bucks are a minus three and a half point favorite, and I'm going to take the Bucks minus the three and a half. This Tampa team is coming off of three straight covers, and there are a lot of people betting on Buffalo, and I don't understand where the confidence comes from in this in this team. I mean, they lose this season. They have lost against just about every good team that they have played and just beat up on the bad ones. That's what they do. Uh, this Tampa team at home, four and one versus the spread. I love that. In this Bills, not that they could run against this Bucks team, but they have no run game, meaning that Josh Allen is going to have to pass more. And his pass game has been shaky. We've seen games where if Josh Allen gets it to his own head because of turnovers in the first half, then he's cooked. He's done for the rest of the game. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen here. This Bucks team, number one, total DVOA. So if you're going to put your money on the Bucks. If you're going to put your money on Brady, you're putting your money on the team that's number one total DVOA. So this Bucks team, we know what they have. Brady, Gronk, Uncle Lenny, Goodwin, sorry, Godwin, Mike Evans. It's too much for this Bills defense without their best defensive player, Tredavious White. So I'm sorry, Bills Mafia cannot save this team all the way in Tampa. And just a small note for Tampa, they're going to get Richard Sherman back who getting him on the field, his knowledge, his expertise, and how he can coach up those young DBs on the sideline in between possessions, I think is also going to be a fantastic asset for this Bucks team. It's going to be a close one because the Bills team is still good, but I think the Bucks are going to win 30-24, to 24, covering three and a half. 
Lastly, you guys know I do this every other week. The out of my mind pick of the week where you ask me, Jimmy, what the hell are you doing? Why are you betting on this team? Comes from this game. Giants at the Chargers. The Chargers are a minus 10-point favorite, and I am taking the jar the Giants plus 10 because I am out of my mind. This Giants defense, you may not know this, has been better over the last month. Three of their last four opponents have scored 20 points or less. And this Chargers run defense, and we pick on this every week, the run defense is still poor. And the Giants just happen to have Saquon Barkley, who's been a pro bowler, in order to exploit that poor run defense. And this Chargers team on offense, they're going to be without Keenan Allen due to COVID protocols, and he is their best wide receiver. That's a huge loss. They're going to have to figure out how to play without him, just like the Rams have had to try to figure out how to play without Robert Woods because of all the dirty work that he does. So that's going to affect them. And they're also going to be without one of their top corners, Asante Samuel Jr. And this Chargers team at home is 2-4 and four versus the spread because every game that they play at home is actually just a road game in their home stadium because the Giants fans and every other team that comes to their stadium has more fans there than they do. And this Giants team is 4-2 and two versus the spread in their last six. So they're covering quite well. No, they're not going to have Daniel Jones. They're going to have Mike Lennon, who has been cleared to play. So they don't really lose much in that regard. So I think that 10 points is too many. Yes, we know the Chargers are a better team, but that 10 is way too much. So the Chargers are going to win this game 28-20, to 20, but they're not going to cover the 10. Take the Giants plus the points. Bonus picks. Take a good, strong look, as I talked about the Dallas-Washington game earlier, at Dallas. Dallas is top seven DVOA across all three phases of the game. Um, so they're only laying four points in Washington. They're healthier than they've ever been. Dak's been playing well enough. And they're five and one versus the spread on the road, this Dallas team. So I think that that Washington win streak comes to an end. So take a good close look at Dallas minus the four. And Sunday night football, take a strong look at the Bears getting 12 and a half in Lambeau. Um, Aaron Rodgers reiterated his comments that he owns Chicago. That's bulletin board material for the Bears. So if they have a pulse, if they have any shred of competitive fire left, then they're going to use that in order to make this a close game. You get your quarterback, Justin Fields, back, who will pick up some first downs and extend some possessions with his legs. So I think that you take this Bears plus the 12 and a half. I think that's a bit too much. Yes, we know the Packers, probably one of the best teams in football, maybe the best team in football next to the Bucks are going to win this game. But I think that 12 and a half is a bit too much. So take a good, strong look at that. All right, recap. We're going to take the Browns minus two and a half, the Panthers minus two and a half, the Chiefs minus nine and a half, the Giants plus 10, and the Buccaneers minus three and a half, which are bonus picks, Dallas minus four, and the Bears plus 12 and a half. So those are your Frozen Five week four, 14 picks. Picks that I feel very, very strongly about. So like I always tell people, you can play our picks straight up. And if you did last week, you won plenty of money. But what you can also do is take our picks and our analysis for those picks into consideration. Um, you know, do your own research, do your own analysis, your own thinking. Look at uh, what a couple of other experts are thinking as well and use all that to try to make the best picks available. Since Las Vegas is against all of us anyway, it's us against them. So you need all the information you can get in order to try to make the best picks and put yourself in the best position to win. Appreciate you listening. As always, Unfair Solo Weekends with your favorite solo host, Jimmy. Shout-outs to Mike, Bob, and Wendy, the production team. Shout-outs to Jay, uh, always bringing the fire. We should be back early next week, hopefully, after another fantastic weekend of NFL football and some NBA action. 
um, to all of our loyal listeners, uh, all of our subscribers on YouTube. We've doubled our subscribership just within the last two weeks, and that's fantastic. Uh, Jay does a lot of hard work on the videos and the production that you see, so we appreciate you supporting that, and your support continues to give us the motivation and the belief to keep going and having fun and hoping that you have fun and are entertained by our discussions and our silly banter when it comes to the wide world of sports, so we appreciate that. As I always tell you, love yourself, love somebody, wear a mask if you need to, get vaccinated if you want to, try to stay safe as we try to uh, make it past this pandemic. So with that, unfair, solo weekends, peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know, it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details